0: Kingdom Business Summit 2023 is here, and this is our biggest and best lineup of speakers we've ever had. This event is two and a half days of high-level, practical business training. The event is jam-packed with the tools you need to scale up your business and deepen your walk with the Lord. Over the two and a half days, I will be bringing some business training as well as a hand-picked group of high-caliber speakers. There's a formal dinner where you can let your hair down and have fun with live entertainment. We will have a worship service where we get together, lift our arms, and praise Jesus. We will have a faith-filled prayer meeting, a networking space to meet like-minded entrepreneurs, an exhibitor showcase area, and we will finish with a time of prophetic ministry where you can get a word directly from the Lord. So if you're looking to scale up your business, and at the same time, learn how to deepen your walk with the Lord, then I invite you to join me for two and a half days of practical business training at Kingdom Business Summit 2023. Well, hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Before I get into today's teaching, I want to remind you, Kingdom Business Summit is coming up really, really soon, and we've sold over 85% of the tickets already with 45 days to go. So, if you're planning on coming to summit either in person or live stream then make sure you make that decision quickly go to kingdombusiness.com.au and check it out for those of you who are around the world or even in the us um you'll you know the time of day for you you'll be able to be there for kickoff and then of course we'll send you a recording of anything that you may miss Uh, It's going to be amazing. I've got a phenomenal lineup of speakers and even some hidden surprises that I won't be going public with until the event. All right. On this particular episode, I want to talk to you about three leadership lessons that are going to put you ahead of the pack. And leadership's an interesting topic, right? There's lots and lots of books and courses and programs on leadership. I find that a lot of them don't map to the real world market that we find ourselves in any book written 10 years ago or more. Some of the underlying principles will still be valuable, but they don't map to a, you know, a largely a millennial Gen Z audience. They don't map to inflationary environments where you have to make very different decisions. And okay, So I kind of want to talk about, okay, what are some things that will matter right now in your leadership, specifically around leading teams? And that could be that you have one other person in the business, right? You have a team, but it's interesting for me because the same principle was applied to leading yourself. And I also believe that you can't lead teams well until you've learned how to lead yourself well. Basically, you know what I'm gonna be covering, these three lessons, they will be instantly applicable to your team, but if you don't have a team yet, start getting them embedded into your culture and your individual way of operating, and then it'll become a natural fit to roll them out with your team. Uh, and then you'll do a better job than, than us who had to relearn leadership after we had a team uh, because we learned the hard way, all right? You can get it right from the beginning. So no matter where you are, I want to make this super practical for you, all right? Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Guys, please, subscribe. Here's the first leadership lesson. I believe that your team match your energy. However your energy is on a day-to-day basis, right? your team will just match it. They won't come under it, they certainly won't go over it, and they will just match it, okay? So the more energy that you bring to a task, to a day, to a quarter, to a year, right? the more energy you bring to that, the more energy you can expect from your team. If you start rolling around the business with low energy, Right? And, and everything's taken long, and, and, and you sound monotone, and then they will map to that. Okay? The reason why this is important is the way that you get discretionary effort out of your team, the way, the, the way you make it an exciting place to be, which is how you get the best out of people, is you just bring an insane amount of energy to the table. Now, this is not a profiling thing. Like, it's not like D profile people have more energy than C profile. It's that the energy would look different for different profiles, but we can all bring more energy to the table, okay? And, and this isn't about you know, bouncing off the ceiling, although that's an example of good energy. This is about just the pace almost with which you go about business and the excitement that you bring to a day or to a meeting. The more energy you can bring every single day, the more energy you can expect from your team, right? And the more energy there is in the business, the faster it will move. So I think, you know, what are some practical examples of that? You know, I just reckon you should bring more energy to the way that you walk whilst you're at work. As small and insignificant as that is, you need to start moving 25% faster, right? Because then everybody around you is like, okay, that's that's what we do around here. And then they'll start moving faster and getting through more in a day. You should start talking 25% faster or more. Because you, like, I'm sure you've been in meetings where you're like, you know, the person chairing the meeting is like, well, good morning, it's really good to be here with you today. And you know, for well, they don't mean it, right? It's like, you have a meeting where you're like, hey guys, I'm so excited to spend this bit of time with you, and you bring that kind of energy, and the whole meeting moves faster, because you're bringing more energy, but it uplifts everybody, right? And then when they leave that meeting, your team, they're energized, you've set the pace, they will take that momentum from that meeting into the next meeting, and so it'll move faster, and you'll start to gather a whole bunch of momentum. It's the same thing when you do tasks. Literally with your team, you say to them, hey, listen guys, I'm about to go and do some emails, Um, I've set myself a target, I've got 19 minutes to clear my inbox, all right, see you later, and in 90 minutes time you're like, did it, right? And you just bring that energy to the table in the way that you do tasks, and you will find that they do the same. If you don't do it that way and, and you're slow to produce and you're slow to do what you wanna do, then you know, you're making it okay for that to be the culture and they will map that to that energy and they will be slower in their activity too, all right? This isn't about you know, you know, making mistakes or going too fast, okay? Your systems should make sure that your speed doesn't mean mistakes or your energy doesn't mean mistakes Okay, but you like literally, If you you wanna lead by example here and be super diligent and super quick in your task and waste no time. So don't do a task and then your team see you for 45 minutes, do nothing in the middle until you do your next task, because then that's what you're basically saying, that's okay for them, right? Then they'll do it and that's sanctioned incompetence. You know, I even think as as practically as lunch, if you're gonna have lunch with your team, be the first to get out of there. Don't be the last, don't don't try to drag the party on, okay? Be the first to leave. So if you're gonna have lunch and you're having a 30-minute team lunch, at 27 minutes, just be like, hey guys, you guys hang here if you need to, but I'm going back, I've gonna to get to something, right? Because then everyone's like, okay, now we're off. We're gonna get that, bring that energy back to the table, right? You may naturally not wanna be like that, but what it'll mean, you'll lift, right, because they're looking at you and you've gotta do a better job, and then they will lift and you'll just get through so much more in any given meeting, any given day, every month, every quarter, and of course, over a year, you know, it could mean the difference between you doing a certain revenue figure and possibly 50% more, like it's, it's that kind of lever, alright? So remember, your team will match your energy. The second leadership lesson is this, your team will match your behavior. I want to kind of make these to be different, okay? And I've got three kind of behaviors broad, I just want to pick on a few things that I think really matter for good leaders and just explore them, right? So the three that I've got here in terms of your behavior is your consistency, your kindness, and your encouragement. Let's go through those, right? So one of the most attractive character traits I see in any human is consistency because then they're dependable, right? And the opposite of consistency is right, big highs and big lows. And I'm sure you've worked for that leader or seen that leader or been that leader at some point in your life, right? When things are going well, you're flying high. When you get bad news, you're crashing and burning, and then you're blaming everybody, and it's everybody else's fault. You walk around with a big fat lip and. And then everybody has to know because they're on eggshells. It's like, and, But then you get some really good news and you're flying high and you're popping champagne. And like, that's nearly impossible for people to work under. And all it'll do for you as the business owner is give you ulcers because it's stressful. You've got to work out how to be consistent, right, and, and dependable every day. That's how people can rally behind you and see you as a leader. That means there'll still be highs and lows, right? Still, they'll still be there, the good news and the bad news, they'll still be there. It's about how you handle that, and having that leadership and that maturity to go, okay, yeah, we've just had a phenomenal month, let's just learn from that and celebrate it, but we don't need to be like planning world domination after one good month. And likewise, when I get bad news, the buck stops with me, I'm the business owner, I'll carry the majority of that, and then I'll give out, like if I need this person to step up, I'll have a chat, and if I need this department to do a better job, I'll have a chat, but I'm gonna carry the burden of it all, okay? and I'll just hand out a little bits of burden according to who it is. That way I can be consistent and my team know that they can depend on me, right? So consistency is a phenomenal skill set that you need to have. And if you're consistent, your team will be consistent. If you're up and down like a yo-yo, they will map to it and they'll be up and down like a yo-yo as well. And that, it just can't produce the best results. When you're up and your team are high-fiving and then you crash and burn and so does their productivity. It can't produce the best for the company. Kindness is interesting. You know, it doesn't really go well with business. Well, it didn't in the 80s, but it certainly does today, right? If you're not kind as an employer, then don't expect people to hang out with you for too long. Kindness is just, you um, you know, when people have this stuff in their life that you allow for it, right? When people have dramas, when they need time off, when they're having a a bit of a low, you just gotta meet that with kindness. Because if you don't do kindness, right, and, and, and you're just like, I'll oh, just get rid of them, burn them, they're wrong, if you do that, then your team will map to that, which is like, be transactional, we don't care about humans, we're not a team, there's nothing pulling us together, right? It's dog-eat-dog kind of leadership style, that will feed all the way through your thing and then you'll have a feeding frenzy. One staff member will play up, the rest will turn on them and get rid of them because you mapped that kind of behavior. Whereas kindness actually is a glue that pulls everybody together. So you've got to go out of your way to be kind. And the last one is encouragement. You would think they're the same, but they're wildly different. Encouragement is just the ability to you know, build people up and look for opportunities to build people up, okay? So when somebody does something good, you may take them aside and say you did really well, or you may, in public, in front of some of the other team members, say you did really well, okay? Then they get the extra boost of you know, of, of credibility from their peers. Even if they do something that's not related to work, if you find out on the weekend they play sport and they made the semifinals, can, you know, encourage them with that. If you see a character trait you like, encourage them with that. See, a weak leader would say, no, 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 if you do that, they'll ask for a pay rise. Well, they still might, right? And you have the right to say no. But what encouragement does is, it, you know, it, it pulls everybody together, but by setting the standard of encouragement, it means that the team who will map to your energy and behavior they will start to emulate your level of encouragement, which means they encourage each other. When you're not encouraging, they won't encourage each other because it's not part of the culture. And when they don't encourage each other, you go away traveling for a week and then they just fight and play games and it's it's like a game of survival where they're all ganging up on each other, right? Whereas if you are the encourager, you go away, they will encourage each other and then you have a much healthier place to come back to, right? So consistency, kindness, and encouragement are independent things that you've gotta go and build, and if you don't lead with them, they won't. Versus, uh, you know, a lot of behaviors from business owners, which would be gossip. The amount of business owners that would say, I don't want gossip in my business, but then they gossip. It's like, you've you've allowed it because you condoned it, you sanctioned it in the way that you act, right? Whining, a lot of business owners whining, oh, this is so tough for me. This is, is, you know, we've had this problem again, you've let me down, Billy Bob's made the same mistake three times this month, whining about things. If you're whining about how tough it is, you have given full permission for your team to spend a lot more time talking about how tough it is, and that's not gonna get the best from a team, okay? So sure, things go wrong, but you have to be able to hold that close, shoulder the majority of the burden, and then walk people through that journey. You know, gossip sucks, whining sucks, and so do high-lows, right? If you're high-low, they'll be high-low, all right? So you want to be consistent. You want to turn up every day. For me, the, the way that I do that is, you know, I, I look at someone like Jesus who was consistent every day, consistent in his delivery, right? You could depend on him for the love he had for whoever he encountered and the grace he showed to everybody and those kind of traits. They were there every single day of his earthly ministry. That's attractive to me, right? Those people that can be even keeled. So you've got to go and do that, right? So number one is the team will match your energy. Number two is the team will match your behavior. And the third one that I think is vital, right, for your own leadership and the leadership of your team is your team will match your decision-making. The team will match your decision-making. The vast majority of leaders spend way too long making decisions and potentially don't make them. Now just think about that, right? If the team are emulating you, then if you don't make decisions or you make them slowly, then that's exactly how your team are going to operate. They're going to make decisions slowly or possibly never, which means that problems don't get fixed, no momentum gets built, and you can't really get upset with them because that's your natural way to lead, which is questionable whether it's leadership, okay? Whereas if you change the way that you make decisions, your team will map to that. Now, interestingly, a lot of leaders don't give their team room to make a mistake. Probably because I haven't given himself permission to make a mistake. Whereas good leaders today understand that you know, you've got to make so many decisions that we should just make decisions and, and we look at all the information at hand but then we make a decision because I can fix something but I can't fix nothing. And if I can quickly, you know, if, I, if I can become very good at making smart, quick decisions, then my team will too. And I give myself a bit of a reprieve when I get my decisions wrong and I also give my team a reprieve when they get it wrong. Whereas a lot of leaders today, they give themselves, they let themselves off the hook when they make a poor decision, but they don't let their team off the hook when they make a poor decision. It's like, yeah, well, you've just created a dichotomy that's never great for culture, because they're looking at both. You want to have delegated authority. You want to have some rules of the game that say, these decisions, you can't get those wrong, All right? They're like DEFCON 5, we can never, but within those, these small decisions, sure, feel free to make some mistakes and learn so that we don't do them again. And what that culture does is it allows you to make decisions much, much, much quicker. And that's the key here. If your team see you making decisions quickly, they will then make decisions quickly. So your process, right, your process should eliminate the vast majority of the mistakes because decision-making quickly is not just going, all right, well, let's go with this one instead of this one. No, it's about, okay, we quickly get the information, we quickly do cost-benefit analysis, and then we quickly make a decision. The decision could be to go with A or B, the decision could be we need more information, let's get the information, let's meet next week and actually make a decision. Today's decision was to get more information for tomorrow's decision, right? but you make decisions. Whereas when you're, um, uh, not sure, I'll come back to you, um, uh, then they follow up, what do you reckon about that, not sure, not sure, duck weave, they have to come back to you again, what about that, then after a while they go, no one needs to make decisions around here. And then when you you say to your team, right, you're up for your six monthly review, why didn't you get that done? They're like, well, no one makes decisions quickly, why, you know, you don't, why do I need to? So you've gotta make decisions quickly and let that be your culture, because your team will do the same. And if they don't do the same, then the only thing your team are doing is moving too slow, okay? Jesus' brother tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, okay? Don't be double-minded. So that doesn't mean that you have to make the perfect decision every time. It could be that you need more information so that you can be single-minded so that you can make a decision. But double-minded, I see it all the way through leaders these days. I'm not sure. Second-guessing, questioning this, should we go? It's like... I don't always have, and by the way, I've made tons of decisions that are wrong, but as I make a decision and we start down that route, it's like, cool, I've made a wrong decision, let's go over here and fix it, right? I would rather make a quick decision in the wrong direction and make a quick decision to fix it than sit there not making a decision at all. And then my team will make quick decisions too, and if the same culture pervades that they make a decision and they get it wrong and they quickly change the decision to the other decision and then they get it right, that is still better than them sitting around double-minded and unsure in what they do. Let's go back to the beginning and put this back uh, and put a bow on it, right? These leadership lessons are vital for you as a leader. Gotta get this stuff into you as an individual leader if you're a one-person business because then when you start adding team, you'll have this phenomenal culture from day one. Some of you already have a team and you need to reintroduce a whole bunch of these things, right? But ultimately, your team will match you. Your team will match you every single day. They're watching way more than you think. you know they're making decisions around what they see all day every day and you're too busy you know on the grindstone which you should be to probably notice a lot of their decision making so the only way to influence it is to become it and lead from the very beginning right so the team are going to match your energy the team are going to match your behavior and the team are going to match your decision making so all three areas need to be sharp Here's my question for you, as we always do at the end of the podcast. Which is the first area you need to work on? Do you need to work on energy that you bring? So if that's it, put number one in the, in the comments. Do you need to work on the behavior that you display to your team every single day? If yes, put two in the comments. Do you need to work on your decision-making so that it's quick and, and you know, and, and knowledge and focused? And if that's the case, put number three in the comments for me, I wanna see there And if you need to work on all three, then put all three numbers, but put them in the order that you are going to tackle them. All right, today's episode was short and it was punchy. Why? Because I don't need to chew up any more of your time. Go and work on those leadership lessons and you will see that the team step up to the plate, execute more, do more, and help you build way more momentum this year. I'll see you next week for another podcast.